Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Samuel, that's Shmuel Bet, with chapter 21, that is Perak Chof Aleph. <clears throat> and as we read this chapter, uh, we will have uh, a little bit of a summary at the end of some other battles and thing, events that occurred during David's reign. And, but it's starts with an incident which it's not clear exactly when during the history of David's reign this incident took place. One gets the sense and the feel that this is kind of a chapter like wrapping things up <coughs> by telling us about a few certain instances. I do want to mention though it's important in the context the first story um, that we're going to read about is extremely disturbing and difficult to read. Um, but it's not as if we haven't read other disturbing things in this book. But here's one of the most uh, most disturbing ones. But we, I think in order to understand it <coughs> and mitigate a tiny bit some of the uh, difficulty, uh, we have to understand some of the context. <coughs> we are reading about this after we read about the revolts, the revolts of Avshalom. And one of the undercurrents during the revolts of Avshalom um, and the other revolts that we have read about um, was the fact that the descendants of Saul were, um, uh, you know, it's either so there were suspicions that they might be involved in trying to regain the monarchy. There were suspicions that other people would want to put them back into the monarchy. There was there was always rumblings, and one who's familiar with the way kings in those days in general worked. Uh, they usually would would uh, kill off all of the remnants of the family of the previous monarch in order to prevent uh, them from ever trying to stage a comeback. And um, David didn't do that. As we know, David made a special promise to Saul and Jonathan not to allow their descendants to, um, to be killed and that he would support them, which he did, which we read about extensively in the previous chapters. But understanding that, might help us put this story in a little bit of perspective, although it's not exactly, uh, it's still going to be disturbing. So, Vayira of Bimei David, there was a hunger, a famine, during the times of David, Shaloshanim, Shana Acharei for three years, year after year. Now, most of the time we assume that a famine is a result of a lack of rain. Interestingly, it never says in this story, despite if when you read the commentaries, and almost everyone understood this, as it wasn't raining, and then David prayed to God, and the event that we're going to read about happened, and then God gave rain. But it doesn't say anything really about it. There is a mention of rain, but not God ending the, the, uh, this famine by giving rain. I want to make a suggestion here that also might mitigate this a little bit, um, and it comes from the uh, rationalist side of me, that uh, we often... Uh, take a what is sometimes a Maimonidean approach of minimizing the miracles and remembering that famine can result from other things and there may actually have been less rain but um, if we recall the Givonim which whom we're about to read about the people who wanted who pretended that they were that they were a faraway tribe but they were really locals and they ended and they tricked the people of Israel. And, and this goes back to Joshua chapter 9. 
and they were made into the water carriers and the um, the the shoavimayim, the water drawers and the choppers of wood. Uh, I, I would like to posit that part of this hunger, at least one of the reasons why they had a hard time um, uh, dealing with the difficult times, it might have been climactic, was you know because of the of a difficult climate was because the Givonim weren't cooperating and they weren't doing their job of drawing water and and chopping wood which was necessary for 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 building whatever implements they needed so because of that this this was making the hunger worse but here David searched and cried to God searched to God to find uh, a solution to this crisis. And God said, And God said, the reason why there's a problem here is because of Saul and what Saul had done in his murderous household because he killed off the Givonim. Or at least he, he committed some sort of a massacre against the Givonim, uh, the Givonim people. And these people were, were basically the, the servant class and apparently Saul um, had tried to, or had actually killed many of them. Um, and, um, and because of this, there's a mess. In other words, so the people, the Givonim, in, in the way I'm reading this story, is, had a, a gripe against Saul, obviously for reasons. Now, we did, haven't learned, when we read of Saul's monarchy, we didn't, the, the verses didn't tell us <coughs> about this massacre. But here it's telling us that it did happen in the past. <coughs> And therefore, the Givonim didn't cooperate and didn't help and weren't doing their job. Now, by Yikraha Melech Givonim, so the king called to the Givonim, by Yomer Aleyhem, and he said to them, Givonim lo mi Yisrael And here's like a parenthesis here. And by the way, remember, the verse says, the Givonim were not from the people, the children of Israel. They are from the remaining tribes that are still surviving from the Amorites. <coughs> Uh, and the people of Israel swore to them, they made an agreement not to harm them uh, in the days of Joshua. But Saul uh, didn't like them around for whatever reason. Um, maybe he thought they were corrupting the people. Who knows? Whatever the reason, we really don't know. And Saul wanted to kill them. In his, in his wrath uh, over the, or his, uh, or his zeal over the people of Israel and, and Judah. So, so, so Saul wanted to get rid of them, and he, um, and he killed many of them. So understandably, the people of the Givonim. Now, in my reading here, if one imagines that Saul killed many of the Givonim, so the people of the Givonim hated Saul, then the Givonim would have very much liked David, right? And the Givonim of all people would have been very upset that David was allowing many of the descendants of Saul to live, which gives us a little bit more context here. Um, so, Vayomer David el HaGivonim, so David said to the Givonim, Mo'e'eselochem, what should I do for you? Uvamo'echaper, and how can I um, get, uh, uh, get forgiveness or get, uh, or expiate the sin so that you can bless the the people of God the people that are in the that are the inheritance of God so David comes to the Givonim and says what can I do that you guys can cooperate what can I do to get you guys back on our side so and assuming general what he means is can I pay you off right 
said to them, We're not interested in getting uh, property and silver and gold from Saul and from his household. We're not interested in killing any of the, peop- of the other people in Israel. We don't have a vengeance against you. Our gripe is not against the other people. So he said, if that's the case, then tell me what it is. Whatever it is, I'll do, David said. They said to the king, The man who, uh, who, who killed us, and, and, and was planned, planned to, um, planned to, uh, to, to kill us, to destroy us, to uh, exterminate us. Nishmadnu Yisrael. Right? Uh, you know, we want to ma- stop him from existing. We want to stop his remnant from existing from among all of Israel. Give us seven men of his children and let us impale them before God. And let's do that in Givat Shaol, which is the place where Saul's <coughs> was from, where he lived. The Saul who was chosen of God. And the king said, I will give them over to you. Now this is extremely vengeful, extremely difficult, and this is what was so disturbing that I was mentioning before about this story. <coughs> These seven people are, are presumably innocent. <coughs> they just happen to be descendants of Saul. There's another difficulty, and that is, is that we learned before that, that when David looked for the for the remnants of Saul, he only found Mephibosheth. So where did these all of a sudden come from? Which is another issue here. <coughs> but apparently there were other ones. <coughs> Maybe this story happened before David looked for remnants of Saul. Um, and maybe the reason for the placement of this story is here because it's only after all these rebellions, right, that we can understand some little bit of a justification on David's part for allowing such a such a horrific murder to happen because ultimately when all is said and done David himself understood as well that that with so many remnants of Saul's family that he would um, that it could be a challenge to the unity of the kingdom in the future so however the king did have mercy on <coughs> Mephibosheth who was the son of Jonathan <coughs> because because he swore to God between David and Jonathan. David <coughs> made a, sw- a swore that he would watch over the kids. So Mephibosheth, he kept alive, but not these. <coughs> the king took, <coughs> excuse me, the two sons of Ritzpah, the daughter of Ayah, who was one of Saul's wives, Es Armoni Es Mephiboshet, another one who had the same name, Mephiboshet, but Chameshet Bnei Michal Batshol, and the five sons of Michal, the daughter of Saul. Now, the, we, we had learned that Michal did not have any children. It could have meant that Michal had these five children from, her, from the previous husband, the one that Saul gave Michal to before Michal returned back to, um, to David. Or it could be as, as the rabbis understood, that these weren't actually the sons of Michal, but they were called the sons of Michal, Asher Yoldal Adriel ben Barzilai HaMecholati, that were born to Adriel, who was actually not Michal's husband, but was actually Merab's husband, the other, <coughs> excuse me, Merab's husband, the other daughter of Saul. 
So it could be that Michal raised them, and that's why they're called that, and that's the rabbinic tradition here. So there's a lot of unanswered and unclear questions in this verse, but the bottom line is there were seven sons besides the Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, who David spared. There were seven sons. And he handed them over. He handed them over to the Givonim. And they were impaled on the mountain before God. What does that mean before God? We, one would imagine that maybe it means that <coughs> that they had some sort of a uh, of a ceremony, or, or you know, maybe maybe even had an animal sacrifice before God um, when they did this. Uh, so it's pretty gruesome. And all seven of them died at the same time. And they were killed in the early days of the harvest. So this is the springtime in the beginning of the barley harvest. So Ritzpa, the daughter of Aya, etasak. So this is the, the mother of two of the seven. She took a, a, a sackcloth, and she uh, spread it on, on a rock in the beginning of that season, until it came time for the rainy season, which is in, in the fall, uh, or much later, about five, six months later in the fall, early winter time. And she did not allow the birds to land on their bodies during the day. And she protected them against scavenging animals during the night, protecting and respecting these bodies. And it was told to David that which Ritzbah, the daughter of Aya, who was Saul's concubine, had done in respect to this body. And David realized that 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 this uh, the reason for the well this verse leads us to recognize why david would then do what he's about to do in the next verse which is verse 12 because then he realized you know what this is a sign i should be respecting saul's legacy in the sense of re- giving respect to the bones and the bodies of those who had who had passed on from Saul's family in order um, to respect them and and dead and give them an honorable burial, burial fitting for a, a, a past king and his family. So David went He took the bones, the remains of Saul and the remains of Jonathan from the people that lived in Yavesh Gilad. Remember they, Asher Gonvu Otam, we read this story in the end of uh, the, one, the first book of Samuel, they had stole them a Rechov Beitshan from the streets of Beitshan, Asher Tlo'um Shoma Plishtim, which is where the Philistines who had killed them in battle had hung them in order to make fun of them, in order to, uh, so the, the people of Yavesh Gilad who were loyal to Saul took the bodies and brought them there. And that happened after the battle where Saul died at the hands of the Philistines in Gilboa, in the mountain of Gilboa. So David went to Yavesh Gilad, and he took the bones of Saul, and he also took the bones of those that had been impaled. And he buried them in the land of Benjamin, which is where they belong. That was their tribe. That was their family. In a place called in the family plot where Kish, Saul's father, was buried. And they did everything which the king had commanded. Right? And um, 
And God then listened to the land after that. Remember, it does not say he made it rain because there was never any mention of there having been a, a, a lack of rain. Uh, it just says God listened to them after that. And this is unclear what it means. It's assumed that it means those that David asked to get the bones, but it would be weird because it said in the previous verse, Misham. He took from there So I'm going to pause it here, and I'm not aware of others that explain it this way, but I think this verse, and they did that which the king commanded, means they, the Givonim, now cooperated with the people, and now that that was working, they were able to get out of this state of difficulty, this state of hunger, now that they had their water, water drawers and their builders and their collectors of wood back to work with them, the society was able to get back on its feet. I know this is a bit of a novel interpretation, but it would make sense. Um, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, this is the way I understand this episode. Nonetheless, it's, it's, it's gruesome, it's difficult, but it's what happened. So, Vatihi owed Milchamala. This would actually be a good place to stop, uh, uh, and we can finish the next couple of stories. Uh, uh, in the upcoming podcast uh, 21b and then finish this chapter thank you so much for studying together have a wonderful day looking forward to studying the rest of this chapter and the rest of the book of samuel together